Welcome to the ProRata Podcast, the podcast that takes 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by TSX Broadway. Filling in for Dan Primack, I'm Kim Hart. On today's show, another casualty of the government shutdown, and a self-driving car startup is getting a big infusion of cash. But first, Amazon is becoming more of a regulatory target, but not for the reason you might expect. Amazon has expanded rapidly into new business areas, like its foray into groceries with its purchase of Whole Foods. But what has some regulators worried is Amazon's own private label products, like Amazon Basics, which are in-house versions of the goods that other manufacturers already sell on Amazon.com. In fact, Amazon currently has 135 generic brands and has deals to sell at least twice that many brands exclusively around the world. Critics argue Amazon uses its vast sales data to find opportunities where it can produce generic versions of already popular products. And some policymakers say the concern comes when Amazon owns both the platform for selling products as well as the competing brand to those products. In 15 seconds, we'll take a closer look at this with Axios tech reporter David McCabe. But first, this. Imagine watching your favorite performer live from one of the most highly trafficked corners of the United States, Times Square. Now imagine watching it against a 46-story tower that has full-building LED lighting and the highest-resolution 18,000-square-foot podium sign in Times Square. TSX Broadway is making this dream a reality. Visit tsxbroadway.com for an inside look at the future. Joining us in the studio now is tech policy reporter David McCabe. This emerging squabble between Amazon and regulators isn't just about the company expanding the things it sells. It's really about the fact that Amazon is increasingly selling its own products that directly compete with the products it already sells. But isn't that something that brick-and-mortar businesses have done for years? Grocery store chains have generic versions of a ton of products on their shelves. What's the difference here? So that's exactly true. Anyone who's ever shopped in a Costco knows that the Kirkland brand is hugely popular. People actually, I think, love the Costco wine, the Kirkland uh, house brand wine. So it's not anti-competitive to have a house brand that competes with other brands you sell in your store. And it's not anti-competitive to decide where you put your money and time based on data of what you're seeing in your stores. What makes Amazon a little different is its dominance in the online retail space and the way it could use, say, search results on its platform or search results on Alexa to sort of juice the sale of its products compared to competitor brands on the site. So it's the combination of all the different inputs of data and all the things and platforms that it sells. Right, exactly. And Amazon, you know, is very good at taking things that are old school and making them new again. And the question is, if by juicing that with their big data and their control over the platform and their dominance over at least one segment of the retail market, the online retail market, does that make it a potential harm to competitors? And speaking of what you just said, which is taking an old school thing and kind of making it new and jazzy again. You wrote earlier this week about another program that Amazon is piloting, which is using free samples and using that same trove of data about consumer buying habits to send consumers samples of products that they think that they will ultimately like to buy based on all that data. Right. This is a new program that we uncovered through job listings and legal documentation. We talked to analysts about it. And essentially, it's a targeted ad product. Think of it as the real-life version of the product that follows you around the internet. The idea is they're sending you a free sample or a brand, like Folgers or Maybelline, will send a free sample to you using Amazon's logistics network and targeted based on Amazon's data. Right now, though, at least right now, it's for outside brands. It seems to be based on what we've seen. Okay. So it's actually a way to make money from those brands as well by saying, hey, 
we'll send your products free to consumers that we think would probably be interested in them. And so it's probably not really as tailored to their own in-house brands. At least right now. I mean, we have not seen any evidence that they've been sending in-house brands out to people. On the other hand, you can absolutely see why third-party merchants might be freaked out by that. And more broadly, you know, I think third-party merchants now often have to buy ads with Amazon to compete with house brands. You know, if Amazon's house brand is being boosted up in search results, or if it's easy to click, you know, more from our brands on a page on Amazon, maybe you have to buy more ads with Amazon to compete. So I do think all of these things sort of do swirl into one another a little bit. That's a good point. So what exactly are regulators doing about this right now? So in the United States, the preface is with nothing. For complicated reasons of antitrust law and the way they've been interpreted by the courts, it's really hard to go after a company for harming competitors. You can really only go after them when they harm consumers and really only when they harm consumers through price increases. And in this case, uh, oftentimes generics, as we all know, are cheaper than, you know, name brands. But in Europe, the competition commissioner in the EU is probing this in a preliminary way. She's looking particularly at the way data is used to find product areas to go into, areas where Amazon can compete with house brands. In Germany, while it's a sort of a separate but parallel issue, they're looking at questions about Amazon's marketplace, how they treat third-party sellers. And then in India, new rules that are going to affect next month do appear to make it potentially against the rules or more difficult to sell private label brands and to reach exclusive deals with brands. So sometimes what Amazon will do is they will find a brand that they want to sort of bring into the fold and they'll reach a deal where they sell exclusively on Amazon. So that's another way into this issue. So as we all know, so much oxygen has been taken up by Facebook in 2018. Do you think that the regulatory conversation in Washington and other capitals around the world will start to shift in Amazon's direction this year? So I think the bad news for executives at Facebook is that the attention isn't going anywhere for Facebook. But I think Amazon's regulatory problems have always felt more long term. And one thing that I'd watch is a lot of progressive Democrats seem to be honing in on Jeff Bezos, particularly, right? He's the richest person in the world now, as well as the company as sort of evidence of the systemic income inequality, problems in the labor market that they see in the world. So I do think that there are some lights flashing for Amazon, but the problems for Facebook aren't going anywhere either. Sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Thank you for having me. My final two coming up next. TSX Broadway is a unique full building promotional platform on one of the most traffic corners in the Western Hemisphere, Times Square. Capable of serving 15 million visitors a year, TSX Broadway is designed for the world's most ambitious brands. Think digital consumer engagement capabilities, full tower exterior LED lighting, flexible retail space, and even a 669 room hotel. Learn more at tsxbroadway.com. Now it's time for my final two. First, add another potential casualty of the government shutdown, tech product launches. Why it matters. The Consumer Electronics Show is winding down in Las Vegas this week, where dozens of products are usually announced. The problem is, the agency tasked with authorizing new devices and equipment using radio frequencies is on furlough, along with the rest of the federal government. Now, there's a trade show exemption that allows companies to talk about products, even if they haven't been formally approved by the Federal Communications Commission. But they can't be marketed or sold on shelves without that authorization. The FCC also reviews major deals, like the pending merger of Sprint and T-Mobile. The longer the shutdown lasts, the more business plans will be disrupted. Finally, the autonomous vehicle startup Aurora is slated to be valued at over $2 billion in a new fundraising round, Recode reports. Why does that matter? Because the startup is not yet even two years old. Sequoia Capital is expected to lead a new financing round of at least $500 million, the biggest commitment yet by the prestigious venture capital firm. Aurora CEO Chris Ermson hails from Waymo and has been able to recruit a deep bench of talent from companies like SpaceX. 
It's also another example of the big dollar figures pouring into the autonomous driving field. For example, GM has pumped around $2 billion into its own self-driving car startup, Cruise Automation. And we're done. My thanks to producers Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. As Dan would say, have a great National Bittersweet Chocolate Day. Dan will be back on the mic on Monday with another Parada podcast.